Now what happened? Zainab radiallahu anha, she agreed and the marriage took place in fourth year after hijrah. And the two were married for about a year. And then after a year, problems arose between them. What were those problems? It is said that Zainab radiallahu anha, the same Zainab radiallahu anha who eventually married the Prophet sallallahu who was very generous, okay, whose hand was the longest. Okay, Zainab radiallahu anha, it is said that she was also very sharp-tongued. Okay, in fact, we learn in hadith about how at one occasion there was an argument that you know the wives of the Prophet sallallahu there were two camps. There was a camp of Aisha radiallahu anha and there was a camp of Zainab radiallahu anha. So they were divided into two groups, you could say. Okay, and there was this rivalry between Zainab radiallahu anha and Aisha radiallahu anha. Okay, anyway, there are some narrations in which we learn that when Zainab radiallahu anha she went on, you know, talking to Aisha radiallahu anha, very angry with her, and Aisha radiallahu anha is just listening, and the Prophet sallallahu told Aisha radiallahu anha retaliate. All right, meaning if she can say this to you, you can also defend yourself. Say something. Don't just stand here quietly. So Zainab radiallahu anha she had a sharp tongue. Okay. And something that's there. People are different. Right? You know, for example, sometimes we come across a person who is apparently, you know, they're memorizing the Quran and then we see them talking and we're like, oh my God, you talk like that? Astaghfirullah. I have no respect left for that person anymore because I saw them talking like that. I mean, yes, there is a manner in which we talk and a manner in which we don't talk. Right? But when people get angry, when they get emotional, it's possible that they use certain language or words that we don't really appreciate 100%. But they're a human being. So anyway, Zainab radiallahu anha, she had differences with Zayd radiallahu anhu and many things. And Zayd radiallahu anhu, since he knew that initially his proposal was refused. Why? Because of the fact that he was previously a slave. He knew the dynamic over here, right? He knew what Zainab radiallahu anha thought about herself. And he knew what she thought about him also. And because of the huge difference in their status, the two were not able to get along very well. So what happened then? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ And recall when, تَقُولُ You said, لِلَّذِي To the one who, أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ Allah bestowed favor عَلَيْهِ On him. Remember when you said to the man on whom Allah bestowed favor. Who is this? This is Zayd radiallahu anhu. What was the favor that Allah bestowed upon him? It was a favor of Islam. It was a favor of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa I mean, Zayd radiallahu anhu, remember I, I, I told you about his story, that how he was kidnapped and then sold as a slave. One of the relatives of Khadija radiallahu anha bought him somewhere and gave him to Khadija radiallahu anha. And Khadija radiallahu anha gave Zayd radiallahu anhu as a gift to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam set him free. Right? And he declared him as his adopted son. Wasn't this a huge favor of Allah upon Zayd radiallahu anhu? I mean, what if he fell in the hands of Abu Jahl? What would become of him? Seriously. So, Allah bestowed huge favor on him. Allah also bestowed the favor of Islam on him because he was one of the first converts. Because he was in the house of the Prophet wasallam. So when Khadija radiallahu anha embraced Islam, Zayd radiallahu anhu, he was a young boy at that time, he also accepted Islam. So, أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِ And you also bestowed favor on him. 
Meaning the Prophet ﷺ also bestowed favor on Zayd. What was the favor that he showed him? The kindness that he showed him, the fact that he raised him, he declared him his son. And then he got him married to his cousin Zainab. This was really the Prophet ﷺ striving to bring the status of Zayd anhu higher and higher in that society. He tried so hard. Firstly, he declared him his son. And then secondly, he had him marry his cousin. This was the favor of the Prophet ﷺ on him. وَأَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِ So what is it that the Prophet ﷺ say to Zayd anhu? He said to him, أَمْسِكْ Retain Keep عَلَيْكَ To yourself زَوْجَكَ Your wife أَمْسِكْ عَلَيْكَ زَوْجَكَ Keep your wife. Amsik from the word imsak. And what does imsak mean? To keep something with oneself. Not let it go. Meaning do not divorce her. Do not divorce your wife. So we can see over here that Zayd radullahu anhu, he brought his complaints to who? To who? To the Prophet ﷺ. Things are not too well. She said this to me. This happened. That happened. I'm thinking of putting an end to this. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say to him? أَمْسِكْ عَلَيْكَ زَوْجَكَ Keep your wife. Don't divorce her. And moreover, the Prophet ﷺ told him, وَاتَّقِ اللَّهِ And fear Allah. Fear Allah regarding your marriage. What are you even thinking about? And over here we learn a very important matter. That anytime, you know, somebody comes and complains about their marriage situation, right? they think you're the best marriage counselor, right? Any auntie, any mother, any somebody in the family, or just because you happen to wear the hijab and somebody sees that you're praying salah and you have a blue juice in front of you, then you must have a lot of knowledge of the religion and you must have the solution to my marriage problems. So anyway, when people consult you, which they will, if they do, what should your advice be always? What do we see over here? Amsik alayka zawjak, meaning try to fix things. Try to fix things. You see, marital problems, they will arise. Definitely. And immediately the thought should not be, I want to end this. I'm not saying that ending the marriage is not an option. It is definitely an option. It's in the Qur'an. It's a part of our religion. It is there. But the only solution to marital problems is not just ending the marriage. Right? So discuss ways, suggest ways in which the marriage can be Fixed. So, amsik alayka zawjak. Wattaqillah. And remind the person to fear Allah also. Now what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتُخْفِي And you were hiding. O Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you were hiding from khafaya to conceal, to hide something. You were hiding fi nafsik. In yourself. You were keeping a secret. And that secret was such that ma that which Allahu Allah mubdihi want to disclose it. Allah was going to disclose it. Allah was not going to let it remain hidden. Mubdi from the root badalwaw ibda, and ibda is to expose, to reveal, to make something manifest. So Allah was going to. Allah was going to. Disclose it. You wanted to hide it. You were trying your best to hide it. But Allah was going to disclose it. And why is it that you were trying to hide it? And you were afraid of the people. 
And you should remember that Wallahu and Allah is ahaqu, more deserving, antakhshahu, that you must fear Him. Allah is more deserving that you should fear Him. Now what is it that the Prophet ﷺ was hiding over here? You see, earlier in the surah, what did we learn? That an adopted son is not a, is not a real son. So Zayd radiallahu anhu, who was previously called Zayd bin Muhammad ﷺ, was now called Zayd bin Haritha. Right? But, remember, that there are many rules when they're taught to people, information alone is not enough. Demonstration is also necessary. Otherwise, change is not going to happen. You understand? You know, for example... If at a workplace people are told we should have respect for each other. You know, this is one of our rules, right? Our mandates. We have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. Very beautiful in writing. Very beautiful concept. But you know what? You have to bring it into practice. And in order to bring it to practice, there are things that have to be done that might annoy some people, that might offend some people. You know, for example, in our deen, what are we taught? That people are equal in the sight of Allah. In akramakum indallahi atqakum. And to really show that, to really promote that, to really prove that, what are we taught? That in salah, when we stand, how do we stand? Shoulder to shoulder, foot to foot, right? Next to each other. So even if it's a person who is of a very different status, very different background, you still have to stand next to them. Isn't it? So, whether you like it or you don't like it, this change has to be brought. You understand? So, over here, for people to accept in writing or on paper or in the book of Allah that, okay, adopted sons are no longer real sons, fine, okay. But, this change had to be brought in the society. And for that, somebody was going to be made to go through this. To really show that an adopted son is not a real son. And how is that going to be shown to people? That you see a real son, biological son, his wife is who? Mahram. Even after divorce. You understand? So for a woman, her father-in-law is her permanent mahram. Even if she no longer remains married to her husband. She can never marry her father-in-law. You understand? But when it comes to an adopted son, his divorced wife, then is there a relationship of mahram over there? No, there isn't. Alright? So what happened over here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to bring this change over here by making, by choosing the family of the Prophet ﷺ to be an example for others. Because this change needed what? A practical implementation. It needed to be done, how? Practically. Not just in the ayah, but practically also. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was informed about this through wahi. That once the marriage of Zayd and Zainab anha would end, he would have to marry who? Zainab anha. Why? To show, to prove, to establish that an adopted son is not a biological son. You understand what's going on over here? 
Now, do you understand why the Prophet ﷺ was hiding this? Do you understand why he was hiding this? What was he hiding over here? What Allah was going to show. What is it that Allah was going to disclose? That eventually the Prophet ﷺ was going to marry Zainab. You understand? And the Prophet ﷺ was trying to delay it as much as possible. Why? You were afraid of people. Why was the Prophet ﷺ afraid of people? What was he afraid of? He was afraid of their reaction, of their criticism. You understand? Because when it comes to cultural norms or cultural values rather, you know, people are very strict about them. Very strict about them. You know, for instance, when it comes to marriages, when it comes to weddings, a woman is expected to wear a certain kind of dress in every culture. Right? So for example, in certain cultures, she must wear red. No other color. Bus. You don't have a choice. No, no room for argument here. Isn't it? In other cultures, I don't know what it is, but in every culture there is some rules, some principles, some things that people must abide by. And there is no discussion over there. Whereas if you think about it, are they really... I mean, who said you have to wear red on your wedding day? Who said? Where did this come from? Or who said you have to wear white? Or who said that you can't wear purple? Who said? Where is it from? It's just cultural practices, right? But we adhere to them so strongly that if we see somebody doing otherwise or even thinking about doing something otherwise, we get offended, we get angry. You know, it's amazing. Weddings are supposed to be times when people are happy. But what do they turn into? Huh? What do they turn into? Battles, war zones. Jazakallah They turn into war zones, literally. There are so many problems that we put ourselves into. Why? Because we hold on so strongly, so firmly to cultural practices. Don't get me wrong over here. I'm not saying cultural practices are all wrong. I'm just giving you an example of how people are generally towards things that are common in their culture. Go ahead. It was basically that if you're from a certain caste, you're not allowed to marry somebody from another caste because they are, your caste is supposed to have some specific characteristics. Even though you're from the same religion, just because of your caste difference, you can't marry somebody. Yeah. And if anything goes against it, then there's such a huge reaction. right? People don't accept it. right? You know, We had that discussion about changing your name after marriage. You take your husband's name or not. Right? So people, women who choose not to take their husband's name after they get married, it's just considered so wrong. Right? I'm not just talking about Western societies, even in Muslim societies. Right? I remember there was a, a woman who had her husband's name, and then when she found out that this is, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, that call people by the names of their fathers, she switched back to her uh, father's name. And when she did that, people thought that she took a divorce or something. Right? And they were found together. They're living together, everything's fine. Something must be going on. She's up to something. Right? Because it's just culturally so wrong. So over here also, you see, amongst the Arabs, it was unheard of that a man would marry the divorced wife of his adopted son. This was unheard of. So the Prophet ﷺ, he naturally feared the reaction, the criticism of the people. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds him that wallahu ahaqqu an Allah has more right that you fear him. And this is a minor rebuke. Allah has more right that you should fear him. Falamma than when qada he completed Zaydun Zayd minha from her watar. Qada minha wataran. What does it mean? He divorced her. Okay? This is an expression. Because the word watar, watar is used for any haja, any need, which in order to fulfill, a person has to exert some effort. Okay? In order to fulfill it, a person must exert some effort. And when he fulfills it, then it is said, قَدْ قَضَى وَطَرَهُ Okay? So for example, a person is studying for a PhD. Okay? Four years of a lot of hard work. So when they're finally done, and they're called doctor so and so, then what does it mean? They're done. They've reached their goal. Okay? Somebody applied for some work somewhere, they got it, they got their job, they worked for five years, six years, and then when they resigned, or after 30 years when they retired, then that is what? قَدْ قَضَى وَطَرَهُ Meaning he's done. Basically what it means is that now there's no more connection over here. There's no need for this relationship to continue. After a person has retired, there's no need for him to go back to work. Alright? So, قَضَى minha وَطَرًا What it means is, that divorce took place. So this word is actually used for talaq. This expression is used for divorce. So, فَلَمَّا قَضَى زَيْدٌ مِنْهَا وَطَرَى Do you see something interesting here? Zaydun. Zayd bin Haritha radullahu anhu is the only companion who is mentioned by name in the Qur'an. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِي أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ That Allah bestowed favor on him. This is one of the favors that Allah bestowed exclusively on Zayd radiallahu anhu. And what is this favor? That Allah has mentioned him by name in the Qur'an. You know, even Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is not mentioned by name in the Qur'an, is he? No, he's not. Even Umar radiallahu anhu isn't. Ali radiallahu isn't. Who is? Zayd radiallahu is. So, فَلَمَّا قَضَى زَيْدٌ مِّنْهَا وَطَرًا Meaning when the divorce happened, then زَوَّجْنَا كَهَا زَوَّجْنَا We married you, ka, you, ha, to her. Meaning we made you marry her. زَوَّجْنَا كَهَا Allah married the Prophet ﷺ to Zainab radiallahu anha. What does it mean by this? Who concluded this marriage contract? Who made it happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did. So the Prophet ﷺ basically had no choice over here, did he? Allah made it happen. And this nikah happened where? In the skies above. Why? Likay so that la yakuna, there is not, ala al-mu'mineen, upon the believers, harajun, any haraj, any discomfort, any problem. Concerning what? Fi concerning azwaji, wives, Adriyaihim of their adopted sons. Adriya is a plural of da'i. Ida when qadaw minhunna watara. When they have fulfilled from them need, meaning when divorce has happened. So look back at this. What's the reason 
why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the Prophet ﷺ go through this in order that La yakuna ala al-mu'minina haraj. The believers should have no problem with respect to what? With respect to fi azwaji ad'iyaihim idha qadaw minhunna watara. With respect to marrying the ex-wives of their adopted sons when divorce has happened. So this was to completely abolish the concept of an adopted son is like a real son. وَكَانَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ And ever is the command of Allah. مَفْعُولًا One to be accomplished. No matter how much people resist it, no matter how much people try to avoid it, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides something, then it happens. Then it happens. Zainab radiallahu anha, she used to boast before the wives of the Prophet sallallahu She used to say, you were given in marriage by your families. While I was married to the Prophet ﷺ by Allah from over seven heavens. Hmm? That your nikah happened through your father or somebody from your family, right? My nikah, who conducted it? Who did it? Who arranged for it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did it. So she used to say this to the other wives of the Prophet ﷺ. And this marriage took place in the fifth year after Hijrah, in the month of Dhul Qa'dah. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ, when he did the walima, we learned in Bukhari that Anas anhu, he said that I did not see the Prophet ﷺ giving a better banquet on marrying any of his wives than the one he gave on marrying Zainab. Why was that so? Because that is the time when the Muslims had the money. And what was the walima? He gave a banquet, meaning a walima with one sheep. That was the walima, one sheep. So it was basically meat and bread. Did you want to say something? I remember reading an article about um, the Prophet Sallallahu marriage to Zainab radiallahu anha. And basically in that article they were saying that he married her because he actually liked her. Yeah. And okay. Is that true? Okay. For this ayah there are two interpretations. I was trying to avoid the other interpretation. I heard a lecture by Sheikh Yasir Qadi. It's an hour and 20 minute long lecture and I didn't think that I could present all of that in this much time. But since you have touched upon it, and I know that everybody is not going to go and listen to that hour plus long lecture, let me just summarize it over here then. What we learn is that there are some narrations that we learn about in some books of tafsir and some books of seerah. But these narrations are not found in the six books of hadith, the famous sihah sitta, the six authentic narrations which are Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawood, Nasa'i, At-Tirmidhi, and Ibn Majah. So these narrations are not found in these six books of hadith, but they are found in some books of tafsir, and especially in the earlier books of tafsir. So for example, we learn about uh, these narrations in uh, tafsir al-Tabari, Ibn Sa'd, Ibn Jawzi, so early mufassirun. Alright? And what is this interpretation? Is that the Prophet wasallam? You know, this conflict was going on between Zayd radiallahu anhu and Zainab radiallahu anha. The conflict was going on from before. Alright? And the Prophet wasallam, according to these narrations, he went to the house of Zayd radiallahu anhu in order to speak to him, but he didn't find him there. And Zainab radiallahu anha was there, and the Prophet wasallam, he spoke to her, he saw her, and at that time there was no ruling of hijab. Alright? So, and mind you, the Prophet ﷺ, he had seen Zainab radiallahu anha before many times. He was 40 years old when he received prophethood. 
Alright, Zainab radiallahu anha was his first cousin. So he had seen her many times before without hijab. Alright? Now what happened? These reports, what they suggest is that the Prophet ﷺ, he liked her. Okay? Now before we continue, two things I want you to remember. Okay? First of all, what we need to understand over here is that the Prophet ﷺ, if he did like her there, if he did, we need to remember he did nothing wrong. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not hold His servants accountable for the thoughts that occur in their hearts and minds. You understand? And if this is true, if it is, then this only shows to us the humanity of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the perfection and the strength of his character. You ask your brother even. You don't even need to ask him actually. Okay? See how his eyes go when he sees a girl. Just watch his eyes. Okay? When he sees a girl. Regardless of whether he's 30 years old or 20 years old or 15 years old. You know what I'm talking about, right? This is something natural within men. Alright? These thoughts do occur. Forget about men. Let me ask you. When you see a guy... Do you sometimes think, nice beard? <laughs> Seriously, do you? Why are we talking about men? Let's ask ourselves. Honestly, when you see a guy, when you see a man, even if he's a religious man with a long beard, wearing a kandura, with a tasbih and a miswak, no seriously, or even otherwise, any man you see, you are a human being. Alright? And you will be attracted to men. And likewise, men will be attracted to women. There will be things, you know, in men, maybe their beard or their height or their fingers or their nails or whatever it is, their work or the way they speak, their hairstyle, their glasses, their phone, whatever it may be that might attract you. Isn't it possible? So why is it not possible the other way around? But what is necessary when these thoughts do arise, when they do come, what is necessary? That you say, hold it right there. Isn't it? You stop yourself. Correct? So even if the Prophet ﷺ did find Zainab anha beautiful over here, first of all, it was not the first time he saw her. Alright? And secondly, if he did, he didn't do anything wrong. Alright? And even if he hid it, وَتُخْفِي فِي نَفْسِكَ He hid that. Alright? If he concealed that, that is exactly what we are supposed to do. This is also a lesson for us. This is also a lesson for us. That if we do see a person and we find them attractive, and you're married or they're married, then stop. Don't pursue. In some of these narrations, what we learn is the Prophet ﷺ, he said at that time, سُبْحَانَ مُقَلِّبَ الْقُلُوبِ Exalted He is, the turner of the hearts. Right? Allah is perfect, meaning acknowledging own imperfection, and then realizing that Allah is the one who turns the heart. Right? So, oh Allah, turn my heart in the correct direction. Don't let me do anything wrong. So, this incident, if it is even true, then what do we understand? His humanity, the strength of His character, the perfection of His character, and in this is also a lesson for us. 
And the Prophet ﷺ didn't do anything wrong. He tried his best to keep the marriage. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to bring this out. وَتُخْفِي فِي نَفْسِكَ مَاللَّهُ مُبْدِي And what was it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to disclose? That زَوَّجْنَاكَهَا We got her married to you. What I want you to understand is that these narrations are found in the books of hadith. Alright? In the earliest classical books of hadith. Alright? Because there are, in modern times, Muslims who do say that these are fabrications or these were stories who were invented by non-Muslims and whatnot. But these stories are found within Muslim texts, earliest of texts. Alright? And the lesson we learn from here is that the Prophet ﷺ was not hiding anything wrong and he was hiding something embarrassing. Right? And the Prophet ﷺ, he did not pursue it. He did not continue with that. In fact, he tried to go against it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought it about. Right? And in this is also a lesson for us that if we ever find ourselves in a situation like that, then what is the correct course of action? That one must stop oneself there. Seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Go ahead. In this article, it was basically talking about how Aisha radiallahu anha had a niece who was very beautiful and known for her beauty. And uh, her name was also Aisha. And uh, basically, Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu came, like, just happened to, like, come upon her and he, like, in the streets or something, and he complimented her beauty. And I was wondering about that, and they weren't mahrams, obviously, but... Like okay, I, I've not heard about this, but we do learn that at Hajj, there was a young woman who came to ask the Prophet ﷺ certain questions, and the Prophet ﷺ, one of his relatives, a young man, he was there, and he was looking at her, and she was looking at him. Okay? Meaning she's asking the Prophet ﷺ, but she keeps, you know, glancing at him, and he's also looking at her, and the Prophet ﷺ turned his face away. Right? That don't look in this direction. Don't do that. You know, if you want to do things the right way, if you really want this to go somewhere, do things the right way. This is not the way. Right? Of just checking people out. This is not appropriate. So, what do we learn in this ayah? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear about the fact that adopted sons are not like real sons. And, you know, this ayah, this part of the life of the Prophet wasallam. This really makes you appreciate the Prophet ﷺ even more. What he really had to go through. You know why he was avoiding this was because he was afraid of the criticism that he was going to hear from people. Because when somebody goes against cultural practices, then what is the reaction they receive? It's horrible. It's a horrible experience. You know sometimes a marriage takes place between two people. Uh, and they're from different backgrounds, different cultures. And even decades later, there are some people who will say, oh, she's from a different family. Or he's from a different family. We don't get over these cultural differences after decades literally. This is a human weakness. And this existed at the time of the Prophet ﷺ also. But look at what the Prophet ﷺ had to go through in his personal life in order to establish the deen of Allah. We will listen to the recitation. وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ 